0: Mac, the people said they wanted something spooky. You know, it is macabre and ghoul. So over there on the Twitter, someone by the name of at Deformed Lunchbox, they made a mashup movie of The X-Files and Halloween. So Mulder Scully hunting down Michael Myers. I love it. I love mashups. I'm all for it. And this brought to mind... What mashup do you want to see in the horror genre? First things first. Yes. Don't really
1: love the idea of an X Files Halloween mashup because if you go episodic the way the show was, it's over in one episode, and Michael Myers is it's been killed like three movies too.
0: But that's fine. Go ahead.
1: Well, I was gonna say if you go the movie route, Michael Myers can't die, right? So, what are we doing then?
0: Well, neither can David Duchovny.
1: Who? <laughs> Our high school friend plays in a band with.
0: We've come full circle.
1: (laughs) I I had a tough time really coming up with an original mashup here. And first of all, the precursor here is I know this is going to sound exactly like Predator, but I like the idea of a guy like John Rambo, someone built to survive, trying to survive against an alien or Predator. So literally the first alien movie or the first Predator movie. I think that with a little more horror instead of more sci-fi. And we talk about, we've we talked about this before. The first Alien movie is a horror movie. Aliens is barely a horror movie. I think Predator, you could argue, is horror, but much less. Uh, it's not as... Because Alien, you feel a little claustrophobic, right? And I think that's kind of part of yeah. horror. Not so much with Predator. But I think... I just love survival-type horror movies. And so I would love to pit... like the A1 survivalist John Rambo and I'm talking first blood Rambo not the later Rambo's who turned into a, a, a ridiculous character I just like the idea of that A1 human trying to survive against anything at all
0: okay so you want Rambo versus Predator pretty much
1: I would like Rambo subbed in for Arnold Schwarzenegger's character
0: so what I want and I think this would be smashing baby is <laughs> Good Ghostbusters why did I just do that <laughs> Austin Powers me- mashed with what? <laughs> no. <laughs> Ghostbusters and yeah. Beetlejuice. So you picked fringe horror then, too. Both yeah. fringe horror, but, like, that's some real fun stuff. Because maybe what you say Ghostbusters might be lacking in a little bit is, like, the ghosts aren't, like, necessarily stand out. But you had Beetlejuice in there. Hello. I think there's some good hijinks
1: in there. Uh, the Ghostbuster crew trying to capture Beetlejuice would yeah. be fun.
0: Also, like, that's,
1: that's a solid premise.
0: Late second act, early third act, they think that they're friends, but then Beetlejuice stabs them right in the back
1: and sets up the sequel.
0: I would also like, you know, once again, Ghostbusters. I like Ghostbusters, but like Ghostbusters and Freddy Krueger.
1: That's okay. That's okay. Yep. Any, I guess anything. Yeah. Ghost or supernatural would work. Poltergeist too. Not bad. Yeah. Yeah. What would you call the mashup? Like Beetle Buster, <laughs> but Ghost Ghost Beetle.
0: I guess Ghost Busting is already taken, right? I was gonna say Ghost Busting, but the same. I guess it could title. just
1: it could still be Ghostbusters, but focused on one ghost in particular.
0: At West the Wheelman said, "How about the detectives from Seven hunting Hannibal Lecter as a serial killer?" Not bad. Not bad. Again, more fringe horror, though, right? Those are both barely horror. Mr. Williams617 said, how about seven, people love seven, with Mm -hmm. the Muppets instead? We have pitched
1: this before. Yeah. We have talked. I don't know if someone tweeted it or we talked about it originally, but we pitched the idea of seven, but everyone but Brad Pitt is a Muppet.
0: (laughs) I think the viral tweet like two or three years ago was, pitch a movie, but... You can only have one actor and everyone else is replaced by Muppets.
1: Yeah, which is a great, great, sweet, great idea.
0: One goo three, yeah. Just three. Mac and goo. King of Queens. Mac and goo Meryl Street. Mac-
1: Yeah, I'm Goo. And I'm Mac. Oh,
0: behave.
1: (laughs) Today we'll be talking Austin Powers' gold member. You've all been waiting for
0: it. (laughs) Ever since we tricked you three years ago? And everyone's like, oh, they're going to do this Michael Myers podcast. And it turns out we did a full thing on the
1: actor Michael that. Myers.
0: I think that, the most
1: we might have started COVID with that.
0: That might have been the most hated podcast that we've ever done. I understand. It was a bracket. that We didn't even do the bracket for. Didn't you deserve it. You
1: were so in on it. And I was so just indifferent to it.
0: Sometimes I need to be told no.
1: <laughs> That's on but you. But I'm a sucker for a bracket or a tear. So I, I get sucked in in that route. Once we're tearing stuff, I'm fucking, I have a passion about it. Once we make a bracket, I got to break it down. But yeah, that didn't go over too well. With no.
0: Good today. Yes.
1: We're going to have, I don't know, the latest and greatest, whatever number in the series. What have you been watching? <laughs> I like gold. Sorry. Comment from Gianna. I like gold. <laughs> Actually, this is the first what have you been watching in a while where we've seen most of the stuff together. Yeah. It's usually a ping pong. This'll be a good conversation today. Yeah. Um, a lot of stuff is coming out recently, some streaming, one or two in the theater. So this'll be a, a solid little couple well, We got
0: actually use. everything that we have here is currently available to be streamed. I, except uh, for except the for one, I saw, one of them. Right. So you ruined yeah. it. You ruined everything. Yeah.
1: Oh, that's on me. Uh good good point from Brad Chakrome here. There was chatter of Morgan Freeman and Brad Pitt reprising their roles from 7 in a season of true detective. Now that, well, I mean that uh, that makes the peepers pop. But down. like who would gonzo play? <laughs> how much first of all, how much would you have to pay Morgan Freeman to play that character again in a true detective season?
0: Well, like say if you can't get Morgan Freeman cuz you know, he's old. That's my <laughs> I like Gold oh fact, you know, he right. just did that callback. Even Same if it's just Brad Pitt reprising that one character, I'm in.
1: It's an easy setup, yeah. right? Brad Pitt is still detecting as a detective. That's what they do. Yeah. And he has a particularly hard case. He's got to get Morgan Freeman out of retirement. No, no, no. Here's, to help him. here's what
0: happens someone says, Oh, where's your old partner? And then Brad Pitt goes, I don't know, he was old. <laughs> Someone's old. That's all you're gonna say. <laughs> I don't know where he is. He's was old. Uh, all right,
1: let's get into it. Snappy. We got a lot let's to get, get to tonight. Snappy, you know? don't fuck baby. Speaking of Snappy,
0: hey, Ooh, this first one up here. In and out, Breeze. Werewolf by
1: night. Currently streaming on Disney Plus. New this week. And it is or isn't in the MCU. We don't know yet. It's on Disney Plus. Did I say that? I'm not sure. It is rated TV 14, Goo, because this is technically a TV special. So it did not fall under the movie rating system. It's probably PG-13, though, right? So it's, it's should I take on it off line? of my
0: movies of the year? It does not count.
1: So I put it on my list, too, okay. because I think it's more of a movie than it is an episode of television. It's just a really okay. short
0: movie. On the count of three, say mm-hmm. where it ranks for you on the year. One, okay. two, three, eight. Fifteen. Ooh, Ooh, wow. How many dogs did you give it? I didn't think that far.
1: How did you rank it and not give it a dog score? I, I just ranked it up possible.
0: against the other movies. I'm like, I like this thing more than those things.
1: Yeah, I think I have it. Yeah, I have, no, 14. 14. Okay, so you've it right. How many things have you seen?
0: Right in the juicy middle. I'm at 32, 33. Well, oh, I'm around at that. 26. So okay. you liked it more than I. Yeah, could, I liked sure. it. Yeah.
1: I thought the beginning, the setup took a really long time. Once we got out into the yard, yeah, had a blast. Yeah. But then that obviously because it's only. 52 minutes, runtime of 52 minutes. It's it's short. This is an action adventure and comedy. Not so sold on the comedy. There was some dialogue back and forth between the two human-ish characters that was comedic. Ru- uh, Rotten Tomatoes, 92% from the critics, 94% from the audience.
0: A bit too high on both ends, but whatever.
1: A bit high, but I think it's going to speak to your overall point here. Maybe Marvel wants to go down this path yeah. a little more because it's hard to dislike this. Mm -hmm. At 52 minutes, you're in, you're out, and it gave us a fun little story. On Metacritic, you a very nice 69, which I I think is more in line with how I would rate this. Hard to dislike, but pretty well done. and um, Not to spoil anything, but it is in black and white for 99% of it, which is an interesting choice, but actually, I bought in pretty quickly. I thought the visuals were pretty good. Mm -hmm. Um, This is written by Heather Quinn, who contributed to Hawkeye as well as Peter Cameron, who wrote for Moon Knight and WandaVision. So Relative Unknowns are pretty new. They do have those Marvel credits. Directed by Michael Giacchino. Giacchino? Giacchino? How would you pronounce it? Mamma Mia. Magabagool. Uh, this is his first major directing credit. Uh, so I would say... I actually thought one of the strong points was the directing and the cinematography in this. I really like the I way would say it might the be flight. the
0: strongest is the cinematography.
1: Really cool. And especially yeah. with Black and White, you really it takes a certain skill to direct something in black and white. Mm-hmm. But like I said, his first major directing credit, you'd actually know him more for his compositions and scores in movies. He's did love and thunder Lightyear, Jurassic world, dominion, the Batman. That's all just this year. No way home. Jojo rabbit. So this guy's a pretty well-known uh, music guy. I actually, now that I say that I didn't notice the score of the music one way or the other. Didn't hurt. But I will health.
0: say that once you mention his name, I'm like, He sounds like the guy that did the score for Jurassic World Dominion.
1: (laughs) Synopsis follows a lycanthrope superhero. That means werewolf, I believe, uh, who fights evil using the abilities given to him by a curse brought on by his bloodline. I will say that was a a little confusing. Didn't quite understand the connection between the Bloodstone thing and him, but whatever. I didn't ask too many questions. Goo, this stars... Gail Garcia Bernal as Jack Russell. He was the main gentleman who is a werewolf, I guess. Uh, Laura Donnelly as Elsa Bloodstone. She was the heiress to the stone, which I would say operates like one of Thanos' stones, but on a much lower degree, right? Something like that. Controls monsters. Yeah, like a 10% of an Infinity Stone. Uh, Harriet Sansom Harris played Verusa. I don't know which female character that was. That was the other thing, too. The ancillary characters, you don't you don't really get to know them because you don't have time to get to know them. They're just there, and they're gone. Mm-hmm. Kirk R. Thatcher as Jovan, Eugene Bondurant as Azarel, Leonardo Nam as Leorn, and Daniel J. Watts as Barrasso.
0: All cool names.
1: You know, I said we didn't get much of them, but what we did get, I thought everyone did their job, right? No one stuck out as bad or good. I thought they were all right where they should be.
0: Do you think that Barrasso was named after the two-time cup-winning goaltender? Tom. Tom. Penguin's great, mm-hmm. Tom Barrasso. What I liked about him was that he had way, solid Barasso, white I pads. I'm sorry, what? He's from Massachusetts, isn't he? How the hell would I know? Well, you should know that. We were 90s kids. You know who is? Tom schooler. Glavin. I can tell you that much.
1: Yeah, from Bill Ricca. Yeah. Yeah. High, high school great in two sports. It's great, a great player. hockey player. Yeah.
0: I've only been told a million <laughs> times.
1: Uh, so, go at 52 minutes, this is really
0: the discussion, right? Yeah.
1: Is it a movie? Would you consider it a movie? Or is it an uh, episode of television?
0: So, the way that I look at it is I don't necessarily care. But what I like about this, though, is I think it opens up a huge can of worms of Marvel can now look at what they're doing and say, Hmm, maybe this is not good enough for a six-episode season. But I think we have an hour here of some enjoyable stuff that we can just put right on Disney Plus and say, here is a TV special, and people will, I don't know, maybe look at it a little bit lighter and say, oh, I like this for what it is. I agree 80% of
1: what you said. I think it applies to not well-known characters. So this character, this werewolf, Jack Russell, I've never heard a thing about him. Didn't know it was a Marvel comic until two months ago when they announced it. I think this is a good way to sort of test the waters with new characters. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe part of the MCU, not really. But when you send it like a Moon Knight season of six episodes. I was going to say
0: Moon Knight, Captain America Boys, Ms. Marvel. You could have, and I liked Ms. Marvel, but you could have cut it down to two hours and said, here's a TV movie. Right, but what you're doing by making an official season
1: of television or a full movie is you're definitively saying it's part of the MCU. This, they've kind of been, they've alluding to it left and right. No,
0: but this did start out with uh, Marvel Studios, so it didn't have like the the official, like it didn't start out with saying this is officially in the MCU, (laughs) which is what they can do for other stuff.
1: Right, so if they leave it unsaid, they can do whatever no, they but want. but you put it
0: in their fucking title cards moving forward. <laughs> this is in the MCU. Don't get this confused for not being there. It's there. And if it
1: doesn't... So, in both in the 90s right now, they're probably going to say, you know what, it is part of the MCU. Might as well. And we're doing this, we're doing that. You know, hey,
0: monsters, they're cool.
1: <laughs> and we have slowly been transitioning to this weird part of the
0: MCU, yeah. for better
1: or worse. Probably for worse, but... They have nowhere else to go because they did the best of the best. And now we're transitioning to an odd period. Give me
0: Cthulhu monsters. I like them. And that guy was silly.
1: <laughs> so, like, I don't know. They definitely tried to make the the MCU-type humor in here between him and the monster and him and Elsa Bloodstone. I just don't know. Maybe this is the difference between how we rated it. It didn't really land for me, the, the humor part of it. And when it's considered somewhat of a comedy... It should be funny and I did I laugh know, one time. I know, but
0: I like what they did where, you know, they tried to make this 1940s, 1930s black and white semi-silent movie have, you know, the ambiance be a character in the movie and I thought they absolutely landed that.
1: No, you're right. The setting was for sure a character. The setting might have been the best part, the setting and the cinematography. But that really doesn't matter in the MCU, right? The characters what and also, matters, whether or not it's going to play.
0: I thought the fight choreography, the action was pretty good. It wasn't bad. It was decent. Yeah. It was definitely decent.
1: Uh, actually, uh, Laura Donnelly was great yeah. in her fight choreography and what she did. She, to me, was the standout character above Jack Russell. I thought he was fine. He did what he needed to do. But I felt like Laura Donnelly was much better.
0: Quick note from this movie, and you can write this down. If you outlive me, make sure that this happens. Is okay. that at my funeral, I too want to be a Chuck E. Cheese animatronic character. You know, telling sweet jokes from my casket, and you know, pointing people to the concession.
1: Alright. I'll see what I can do. Oh, thank you. I'll put in, I'll I'll use the, as much pull as I have. Yeah, thank which you. Which isn't much, but I'll try. Um, Brad Giacromi is bringing up I didn't know they were called this, so apparently the werewolf was called Man-Wolf, which oh. is the Marvel name for him. And then the tree monster was called Man-Thing. So
0: Not very creative, was but sure. He's also wondering
1: if these two characters are part of the MCU. And he also mentions that Man-Thing being co- You know what? Good point. Man-Thing being called Ted. I got a little chuckle out of that. This big behemoth thing being yeah. called Ted. I appreciated that. I did.
0: Well, if they get more into, like, the darker characters, the mysticisms and all that stuff, you could even take, like, a Doctor Strange and have him work with these characters.
1: Yeah, and don't you think... And I'm not going to ever say it's a good movie, but don't you think Eternals and the end of Shang-Chi continue to look better as we're introduced to weirder stuff in the MCU?
0: I mean, this has really been... Phase 4 has been a big monster phase. I mean, even look Mm -hmm. at, like, Moon Knight... Where you have these, like, hippos and alligators and, I don't know, crow skeletons, I guess, fighting? (laughs) Well, I think
1: because Eternals and Shang-Chi were our first venture into that, it's hard for that to really land. But now removed a year and whatnot from them, I feel better about what those things did because they're not so out of place now. They make a lot more sense. I also wondered, and I don't know if it's true or not, because there were some scenes... And especially the black and white helps with the CGI. But once we got to full color at the end, does the CGI tree monster, so I guess man thing, did that look better than the CGI in She-Hulk?
0: I thought it looked fine, and you're absolutely right. The black and white really helps out with it. For For sure. But having said that, I wish that the man wolf looked more like a werewolf, like more like a wolf, like his face.
1: And to that point yes. they hit a lot of the CGI with the shadows with Man-Wolf. Because also we never saw him in color. I
0: would say in color if you made him blue, he kind of just looks like um Hank from X-Men. <laughs> Beast, but smaller. Hank McCoy, sure. yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and the transformation scene wasn't great either. Uh, so
0: that's my favorite part of Werewolf movies is the transformation yeah. like Like, that gross feeling of, like, you can feel their pain turning into it. Mm -hmm. And, like you said, they hit it.
1: No, I don't think they nailed it. No, I said they hit it. Oh, 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 oh. oh. I thought you meant, like, a hit. They hit it. Yeah, yeah, right. We barely saw it. Uh, So, I don't know. Like, I do like the attempt... To go in this direction, yeah, and I do like that they kept it short, so that I can. It's hard for me to feel strongly about
0: this, right? And also, speaking of direction here for the MCU and for this company, this was a little bit more, not ultra violent, but closer to it. It's more R rated violence.
1: Yeah, right. I they could. There is an R rated version of this that they probably maybe cut originally, and, and ultimately, ultimately it was TV fourteen instead of TV MA um and maybe that's the disney thing playing a part again we still don't really know if it's mcu canon i i do think um going forward now that it has it's kind of been a hit to use the word that you didn't use um it's a They head. probably will it's try to head. do more of this stuff yeah right i mean why they if, should if it's they should absolutely do, why more why of this you do more yeah, of this might as well
0: yeah.
1: right all right so I guess maybe it opens up a new avenue for Marvel to do some of the stuff that they've canceled and/or pushed back, and do give us one hour as opposed to four to six in a show or two and a half on the big screen.
0: Also, credit to Marvel, this came out at the perfect time, and not to you know knock down one thing to build another thing up. But I am so furious or infuriated. I don't know. I'm mad that Wednesday. Isn't coming out until November twenty third. That is made for October. What are you doing, Netflix?
1: And they got Christina Ricci back like,
0: in a, I mean that's I'm dead. gonna be all spookied out by that point. I'm not gonna want to watch. Yeah. Like no, I loved right. Right. I used to love watching um American Horror Story, but specific yep. to like it used to come out in late September and then run through October and then end like December. But I would always run out of steam in November because I'm like, I'm out of that spooky thrill. I don't want it anymore. Would you say that the first season of American Horror Story is one of the 10
1: best I seasons? Yes, of I loved it. Yes, I loved it so much. I loved that so season. Fucking it's so good. good. It's so good. Also, so, so good. How about that redhead? Oh, oh how about boy. that maid? Oy, yeah. Oy vey in both versions. Oy vey for me. The old lady. <laughs> yeah. The cockeyed. Uh, Goo, I have Werewolf by Night at 31 Hot Dogs, my 14th movie, if you call it movie on the year. I think it's definitely worth the watch, if nothing else, because it's under an hour and it sort of opens you up to to a new version of what Marvel could be and could do. I think it's going to be hard for people to not like it. Right. It's going to be hard to feel strongly either way, but it's, it's hard to dislike for sure.
0: And then as my letterbox D opens up, I'm going to assume eight. I believe I have it at. I really liked it. It was very good. Yep. Eight. I don't blame you for liking what they did. I just think it could have been better.
1: Um, But maybe the next iteration, or if we see these characters again, it's going to be better. And that's part of it, too. Probably the reason why it was black and white. I don't think they put a lot of money into this, and the CGI will tell you that. But now that this is a quote-unquote hit, maybe they will. All right, Mac, what movie is up next? Uh, Next up is the movie Amsterdam, Goo. That's in theaters. Say (laughs) Amsterdam? As of this past weekend, it's brand new. It is a rated-R comedy, drama, and history with a runtime of 134 minutes and a very interesting Rotten Tomato score, 34% oh, from critics,
0: yucky critics,
1: 60% from the audience, which is a, a weird distinction there, 47 on Metacritic. So critics really did not like this. This is the latest from David O. Russell. He wrote and directed it. He, of course, has done Three Kings, I Heart Huckabees, The Fighter, Silver Linings Playbook, which is one of my favorite movies of all time, American Hustle, and Joy. So I would say... If I had to liken this movie to one of his prior works, it's most like American Hustle. So I don't know if it's as bad as critics are saying, but I don't think I can call it a good movie either. And this has David O. Russell all over it. Like he really beats a dead horse by the end of the movie with what he's trying to say through the movie. Synopsis in 1930s, three friends witness a murder. It's actually just two. Are framed for it and, and uncover one of the most outrageous plots in American history. So, this sort of operates in David o. Russell has done it as well. So, they say this is based on a true story. These things roughly happened. To me, it feels more like a Tarantino movie where they take a real event and really exaggerate, maybe change what happens, right? That's what most of what Tarantino does. Yeah. It feels like they do that here. So, essentially, two Americans uh, witness a murder. And then that goes back in time a little bit and they're trying to prove their own innocence. And there's some fun hijinks in between and spread throughout. But boy, does this drag on it. At 134 minutes, it feels like 180. It feels like a three-hour movie. It's it's too long. Just the flow of the movie just doesn't, doesn't jive, which is unfortunate because Christian Bale uh, is the lead as Burt Berenson. He's fucking unbelievable. One of my favorite performances of the year. Margot Robbie as Valerie Vose. John David Washington is Harold Woodman so a good central cast and of course as a David O. Russell movie does a million famous people play bit parts right so every new character you get to introduce to is a famous person yeah so that kind of takes you out of it a little bit too at least for me. Uh, Mike Myers is in this and I think he does a horrible job so that took me out of Did it Did he a make bit. you Randy <laughs> This is the tough one to talk about first of all because it's it's ju- it just hit theirs this weekend. I can't even tell you that if you like David O. Russell movies, you're going to like this, but I sickly got a lot of laughs out of this. Oh. There's some pretty good dark humor in here. It just, the movie does not flow. It's not a good story from beginning to end. There's just a little bit like with, we're going to talk about with blonde. It's sort of vignettes here and here, here and there. And some of them are really good. Most of them aren't great. And then the last 40 minutes felt like it took two
0: hours. All right, Mac. Speaking of Blonde, let's move on to it. Oh, which by
1: the way, yes. I'll I'll give it twenty-four. It might float, it might sink. This might change big time for me. I think I have it. I got it 21st on the year, ahead of Morbius behind the lost city. Uh, so that tells you high how I praise. Feel about the movie. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Mac <laughs> Blonde is currently on Netflix. Uh, <sighs> it sure is. This is an NC17. This
1: honestly, I'm not even shitting you. One of the movies I've been looking forward to most this year. Because I really respected Andrew Dominic, the writer and director of the movie, his pretty much spitefulness to make this NC-17. He said, no, this is going to be NC-17. Do not care what anyone says. He don't said, if you don't
0: Netflix Netflix like it, says. go fuck yourself. That's pretty much yeah, what he, he said. Literally, he yeah. literally said that. Yes. So
1: I can't do anything but respect that. Unfortunately, I I. Don't like the movie. The
0: movie's not good, guys. The this movie's is a biography,
1: bad. drama, and romance. It's not
0: a biography. Throw that word out the window.
1: Yeah, I get I guess not. And and the in Amsterdam is quote unquote a biography too. I don't know how much of that is true. This is a runtime of 166 minutes, and it is also long. Too long. And also, we alluded to this uh in News Dump. Yeah. It doesn't cover that much of Norma Jean Marilyn's life. Or does it? We don't know. <laughs> On Rotten Tomatoes 42% from critics and I honestly think that's 42% that really liked Anna de Armas performance because the rest of this is nonsense. And
0: then once again with once again with her. Like she did a very good job, but midway through the movie she was slipping into her natural accent.
1: <laughs> yeah, you could hear the little Spanish in there. Yeah. Uh 32% from from the audience, from the folks. A uh, 50 on Metacritic, which is too high to me. Again, written and directed by Andrew Dominic, who you honestly don't even know him from that many things. He did The Assassination of Jesse James by the Coward Robert Ford, which is the most preposterous movie title there's ever been. That's just a horrible name for a movie. He also did a couple episodes of Mindhunter, which people really like. This guy's obviously a fucking weird dude to name a movie that to make this movie. But more importantly, this is based on the novel by Joyce Carol Oates. So... The movie is written by Andrew Dominic, but he basically adopts yes. Oates' novel to the big screen. And her novel is
0: not a biography. And I think he also used parts from someone else's book. And they also said that, like, what they said in the book is not true, mainly having to do with the abortions.
1: Yeah. So I don't know if that's hearsay, hearsay it is. or completely made up. Yeah. Like well, no, no, no. Like that. that, Some of that that might
0: have that might have been true, but also I believe that when they did autopsies on her body after she had died, they said she had never had an abortion. Like they did an autopsy and said that.
1: Okay, fair synopsis: a fictionalized chronicle of the inner life of Marilyn Monroe, and that's interesting to note because, like Goo just talked about, there's at least two, if not three, abortions in this movie. That are oddly placed. And they also,
0: like, shape her life and her personality.
1: Around the abortions. Yes. And the the whole movie is actually shot pretty well. And then all of a sudden, they give you these weird CGI abortion scenes.
0: So that, like, the baby's talking. And then also, um, when they go to, like, those weird shots. Like, uh, when she's in the thruple and they have that sex scene. Right. I hooked it Dana. I'm like, what the fuck is happening right now? Also, that throuple most likely didn't happen either.
1: Probably. Yeah, you're probably right about that. This is one of the most what the fuck movies I've yeah. ever watched. Like there are moments where and I'm watching the movie intensely because I like Anna Armas, and she takes her clothes off quite a bit in this movie. And there are still I'm paying attention. Yeah. And there's still three or four times. I'm like, did I miss something? What the fuck is going on here? It just makes no sense.
0: I mean, I had two big takeaways. Number one was I believe in a movie like this where you're really trying to drive it into the audience that this is a depressing life and, you know, this is really, really sad. But you can't just give us sad for two hours and 45 minutes. you got to give us some highs to then bring it down to the lows. There weren't any highs.
1: No, it's just it's incredibly depressing. They give you nothing or no character to root for. Yeah. It's just there's no enjoyment here as the viewer other than a nude Anna de Armas. And Go- if you were going to pick anyone that might like this movie, it's me. It's you. And I do not like this movie. It, it was It was painstaking to get through.
0: Also, my second question is, is there anything more off-putting than a grown woman referring to her husband as daddy?
1: Well, we're not going to kink shame here on the podcast, here, gooey. She calls all was... of
0: her husband's daddy, though. You can't do all of your husband's <laughs> daddy. Kink. And she you got know got what? A kink. I realized that something a little more off putting than that would be for the rest of the podcast, me calling you daddy.
1: <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't like that. Well, the listeners wouldn't like that. Well, either. What's up next, daddy? <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, this movie starred Anna Darmus as Norma Jean, Marilyn Monroe, Julianne Nichols, local woman, Medford woman, as Gladys, the mother. And then, uh, I don't know how to put Tig, Ty Runyon as the father, a.k.a. Daddy, original Daddy. So there was like an incest portion of this too, right?
0: Also, that is something that's like the driving force of the movie. Yeah. And that never happened. Well, so
1: that's that was the main thing from the start. There's this weird ancestral relationship with her biological father.
0: Well, her fantasizing, there. it's her fantasizing about finally meeting him. I don't want to get into, I don't know what else is going on there, but.
1: It's just, it's really bizarre really early on. And then there's no, there's no, like there's not, the ending of the movie is abrupt as well. Yeah. It's just not, it's not what I picture as a movie. It is literally probably. <laughs> this
0: movie is not what I would picture as a movie.
1: Like, well, like a movie has a starting point and an end point and a rising and falling action, a climax, right? Yeah. Most stories do. This doesn't have like any of that at all. I can't even tell anyone to watch this. Like, if you want to see, oh my nude, God,
0: I wouldn't recommend been this nude to a anybody. Times
1: and other things. So, this isn't even the avenue for that. So, I don't, this actually is only my second worst movie on the year. That bullshit bubble movie that Judd Apatow made with Netflix is, is worse to me. At least this did have a nude woman in it, but. I think I gave this 16 hot dogs. Like, I don't even know what to score it.
0: Yeah, I have this as the fourth worst on the year, just ahead of The Weekend Away, which was the Leighton Meester Meester movie. Meester Meester. Pause of Fury and another movie that is on our list of things to talk about today. Big market tease. Big market <laughs> tease for you.
1: Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
0: Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I
1: have to say? Yes, you do.
0: In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes.
1: Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
0: I never win and tell.
1: Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void reprimanded by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Go a movie that I did somewhat enjoy, DC League of Super Pets. Currently streaming for for free on HBO Max. This is PG rated an animated action and adventure runtime of 105 minutes. So it's crisp. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, 74% from critics, 88% from the audience, 56 on Metacritic. This is written by Jared Stern and John Whittington. Jared Stern, goo. Very interesting list of movies he's written. Mr. Popper's Penguins, The Watch, The Internship, Lego Batman and Lego Ninjago. And then Jared Whittington worked with him on Lego Batman and Ninjago. He also wrote When We First Met, which was a pretty decent uh, Netflix rom-com. And he was the writer on Sonic 2. So he's on a pretty decent little run here. Yeah. Directed by Jared Stern, which is his first major uh, directing credit. And Sam J. Levine, who has been working on animated things for like 20 years, but also his first directing credit. So a lot of new, 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 new here. Synopsis, Crypto the Super Dog and Superman are inseparable best, friend, inseparable best friends sharing the same superpowers and fighting crime side-by-side side in Metropolis. However, Crypto must master his own powers for a rescue mission when Superman is kidnapped. So this story is incredibly incredibly predictable, but it's a kid's movie. It doesn't need to make you think. It stars Dwayne Johnson as Crypto, Kevin Hart as Ace, also a dog, Kate McKinnon as Lulu. She is the uh, bad person who I, did, I actually didn't realize it was Kate McKinnon until I wrote this, so score one for Kate McKinnon. Credit to her. John Krasinski he voices Superman. Vanessa Bayer as PB. I think that was the pig, right? Natasha Lyonne as Merton. Diego Luna as Chip. Mark Marin as Lex Luthor. And Keanu Reeves' voices Batman, which I really enjoyed the two minutes we got of Batman. It's, it's a good little kids movie. It's an entertaining movie uh, for kids, and there was enough laughs in there for adults. I thought what they did with the Justice League was pretty funny. Kids love pets. This is a mindless movie that you can put on for your 6-year-old, 10-year-old, 12-year-old. I think that yeah. whole age range is going to like it.
0: Yeah, I thought it was cute and my question was um why spend all that money on the voice cast.
1: True, right? Really good point. Like yeah. it's a
0: really good crop of actors. I'm not even going to say Justice
1: League and they're in there for a I'm minute. I'm not
0: even going to say like voice actors because I don't know how good of actual voice actors these people are, but you know, you paid right. a lot of money for this cast of characters and
1: did you need it? No, you're right. You absolutely did not. Maybe they wanted to. So maybe they got him at a discount. I did like, however, like the main premise that it's Lex is like one of his test guinea pigs yeah. is the villain. I kind of like that aspect of it. But once that's introduced, once you figure that out, it's pretty cut and paste from there. But enjoyable. I-, I think, you know, you as a father, I'm sure you watch a lot of bullshit that's not enjoyable. for you. I only
0: watch Minions nowadays, baby. That's it. I think you could put this on
1: as a mother, father, parent and enjoy it with your kids.
0: Mac, next one up here is Dahmer, the Netflix series there, the one about him being a serial killer. And uh, not to go too deep into this because I don't really want to. I didn't need to see this.
1: So Evan Peters stars as Jeff Dahmer. This is one of those weird ones where people, friends, coworkers, Mm -hmm. that know I have a podcast and watch things keep telling me to watch it. You got to watch it. You got to watch it. And I just have no desire to watch it. I watched it. I wish I didn't. Every one of them has loved it. They're like it's fascinating. They're like it's fucked up, but it's really good.
0: Watch a documentary if you really want to see yeah, something.
1: that's ultimately we've talked about it before. I would rather watch a documentary than something like this. I'll get to it eventually, but I'm not. I'm not you not know, popping off to
0: get thing. on my soapbox here. But by you know making an A list celebrity play right. Jeffrey Dahmer. You are kind of sensationalizing him and you're making people see him and say, Oh, maybe I could be on Netflix in twenty years if I do something nuts.
1: Sickly, that is part of the whole serial killer persona is they want to be famous.
0: Yeah. So not for me. Yeah. I don't want to get too far into it because that's I I, understand that. I really And they they go too deep and they actually do you know they were honest to a lot of the stuff that actually happened, so credit there. But no, thank you.
1: Isn't that a weird dichotomy we have in this society that we condemn, can't stand these fucking serial killers? But one of the main traits of a serial killer is they kind of want to be known for it. Yeah. So we have all these true crime podcasts, all these documentaries, all these series devoted to it. We're fucking playing into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sickly, like it's hard to not get suckered into these true crime things, but we're playing right into what they want.
0: All right, daddy, let's move on. <laughs> let's go on to do revenge, which is currently on Netflix. Do you want me to I have do not it?
1: Seen this. Yeah, I haven't seen this. You can do
0: this. 84, 87 on rotten tomatoes. That's not bad. Drea and Eleanor agree to go after one another's bullies. That's a real simple synopsis. Director, Jennifer, Caitlin Robinson. She is a huge fan of 90s, teen like what cruel do we know she did something sorry, recently what? didn't she? i don't know but she's a huge fan of movies like cruel intention like mm. uh like those types of movies uh writer is celeste Ballard and jennifer caitlin robinson starring camila mendez as drea maya hawk as eleanor and austin abrams as max yes
1: she's one of the writers on
0: love and thunder oh. that's how we know her so mac i want to say this in the nicest possible way Okay. But whatever Maya Hawk is doing with her face, she needs to stop. She got fart face. She looks like she smelled a fart this.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: She's I always know, doing this.
1: I don't know how to fix that though, right? How do you how do you tell someone to change that?
0: And like after watching this, you realize that she does it a ton in Stranger Things too.
1: She does. Yeah. But you don't notice it as much in Stranger Things because there's 35 characters in Stranger Things and she gets three minutes an episode. Isn't this the one that's It's like a new take on Strangers on a Train? What is Strangers on a Train? Can you explain that two to me? Two strangers meet on a train. They agree to kill the other one's wife, right? Isn't that the stranger? The uh,
0: I mean, the kind thing? of, but these people actually know each other. Okay. All right. Also, my question to you is, uh, so Camila Mendez is 28, and Maya Hawk, I believe, is also in her 20s. How long can these two keep on playing high school students? it comes
1: down to your complexion, your skin, right? you got good skin. You can play a fucking 17-year-old as long as you want. Mm -hmm. That's really all that matters.
0: The movie also does the thing that I absolutely hate, and I just said to retire just last week, of teenagers, children, just talking too wisely beyond their years and just thinking way too much and just not being kids, not being teenagers.
1: Yeah, it's distracting. It's absolutely distracting because we're not an expert on anything. No. But... We both went to high school and went to high school with high school kids. So we know how high school kids talk. So you can't like sneak that one by us. You know, we know how kids talk. You can't pretend that they talk differently.
0: Also, there is about 30 minutes that start right at the top of the third act where thank you, Mac. You're like, is this movie ending now? Is it almost over? And then it takes a whole new twist, which then just leads into maybe too many twists. Which they do eventually land the plane, but you don't want too many twists in a movie.
1: No, no, because it takes you out of it. You're good for a twister, too. But if you get too twisty, you're like, well, now I just don't believe any of this.
0: But once again, credit to them. I do like the cruel intentions vibe. So give yeah. them credit well, for that. Well,
1: that's, yeah, that's always going to play
0: mm-hmm. for sure. So I have this. Actually,. Right in the middle, decently high at 14, right ahead of Turning Red. I know I just talked a lot of shit about it, but those are all my gripes. It was actually pretty good.
1: Um, How was the score soundtrack? Did it have good music? Because that's like another yeah. staple of that sort of 90s teen movie, right? It
0: did, but some of the songs were a little too obvious of songs. They didn't go deep enough. Gotcha. No, uh, No, no great deep, no deep cuts. cuts. No deep cuts. <laughs> Mac, next one up here is Elvis, which is currently on HBO Max, 77.94 on Rotten Tomatoes. Elvis Presley, from his childhood to becoming a rock and movie star in the 1950s while maintaining a complex relationship with his manager, Colonel Tom Parker. (laughs) Director, and this might be, besides Colonel Tom Parker, the biggest um, issue with the movie, Baz Luhrmann.
1: I don't know if he's ever made a good movie. I can't pretend he's made a like, good. Like
0: when anyone says that Baz Luhrmann has his fingerprints all over this, that's a bad thing. That's it's a Baz good. thing, if you ask it's me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and there's a there's a certain bullshit aesthetic that he yeah. puts on all his movies too. It's that the I aesthetic.
0: Do not like. It's the musical transitions. Like he has rap in this movie. It was the decision to not have a southern drawl with Colonel Parker, but instead to. Give him this weird Bond-like voice, and it just takes you out of the movie the entire time. And because of Tom Hanks' character in this movie, who the voice is completely off, like, this has had one of the biggest Halloweens for me out of any movie, where, like, after I saw it, I'm like, oh, that was pretty good. It It was a spectacle, which is cool because Elvis is a spectacle. But then you keep on, like, moving further and further away from it, and you say, that wasn't great.
1: Here's what I'm talking about. If the folks at home don't understand what Goo and I are referring to for Baz Luhrmann movies, all of these movies look, if you were looking through a, a foggy lens, they all look the same. Romeo and Juliet from 96 Moulin Rouge from 2001, uh, the great Gatsby 2012. Yeah. And then Elvis, they all have that weird. I don't know what cinematography thing it is. I'm sure someone more cultured than us would, would know, but they all If you were blind as a bat, didn't have your glasses on, it would look like the same movie.
0: So, yeah, directed by Baz, written by Baz, also by Sam Bromwell or Brom-L. I prefer the W in there. Uh, Craig Pierce and then the cast is Austin Butler as Elvis. I thought he was actually phenomenal. I thought he was great in this movie. That's what really holds it up. Tom Hanks as Colonel Parker He stinks. He is terrible. I'm real
1: annoyed because... So you were texting me while you were watching this, which made me not want to watch it at all. Yeah. But I know Butler's probably going to get nominated, which then I'm going to have to watch this fucking bullshit. Yeah. I just... Every takeaway from this movie, separate from the Baz Luhrmann ones, is how bad Tom Hanks is.
0: So I don't even think it's Tom Hanks' fault. It's the direction on the character.
1: Sure. You're right.
0: right. But the character that we have makes me want to fire tom hanks into the sun if you i don't want to say this because tom hanks
1: is in like three of my favorite movies of all time if you look at tom hanks's last like 12
0: years there's nothing good none of it's good. i think very specific to this year horrible what else was he in this year (laughs) Pinocchio. he was a geppetto
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah not a great year for mr hanks (laughs)
0: <laughs> also in this movie you're dealing with, you know, biopic that is loosely a biopic. So, yeah. Olivia yeah. DeJong is Priscilla who is too old because when Elvis meets Priscilla in real life, she's 14. 16, right? 14.
1: Was it 15, 14? Yes.
0: Ooh. How old was he? 20? He was in his 20s. He was already in the service.
1: Yeah, that's not great. Uh by the way, I haven't seen what she looks like lately. Is she even still alive? Is Priscilla still alive? Question mark. She looked really good for a really long time, Mm -hmm. like up until the last time I saw her, which was maybe, I don't know, six, eight years ago. Also, Lisa Marie would.
0: Okay. Uh, And then his parents, played by Helen Thompson and Richard Roxbaugh, Roxburgh, I don't know what the fuck this guy's name is. But either way, I thought they were both great in this too. And I really like how the father was like, like just a real backseat driver, like really just afraid to ever question the mother or question the colonel. And never really had his son's back. So, what you're saying is if you had a completely different director, this movie would have been awesome. There's obviously a great story to be told here. This is fucking Elvis. Right. Also, you're more of a music guy than I am. Did Elvis ever write his own songs or was it always just covers?
1: He stole a lot of... So, Well, didn't steal. Okay, so it wasn't lot of necessarily was stealing.
0: And what I like yeah. about this is it actually does help the argument of, like, Elvis didn't steal, you know, black people's music. It was more like the production company because Elvis was able to take black people music and then, you know sugarcoat it to a white audience
1: yeah so he gets a lot of flack for that but part of it obviously is the studio forcing that out there yeah i'm sure it's. i actually don't know i'm sure at some point he started writing i feel like inevitably any any artist starts writing but of course at the beginning no he was a he was manufactured
0: so as of right now i have this at 11 on the year i have it just behind chippendale rescue rangers
1: that chippendale was surprisingly good
0: and then just ahead of multiverse of madness but very much, this falls on Butler's shoulders. This is right. very much all on him. He is fantastic in this movie.
1: So it's interesting. So he got cast over was Miles Teller, a couple other people, more well-known uh, actors. And this was like a Disney Channel kid who hasn't done anything in a long time, at least that mm-hmm. we've seen or anyone's really seen. And then he gets cast in this role. He's probably going to get nominated for an Oscar. So this is, I think he's still a young kid. I think He's still like 22, 24. So he's gonna get a lot of work coming up. So I mean, that's a name to. I'm
0: looking forward to. to Miles Teller playing Peyton Manning in a movie. <laughs> that was a surprisingly great impression they both have on SNL. Long square, square heads. Did so you see him on SNL well. doing a Peyton Manning no, impression? It it's is. Not. It's one of those ones where you say, "Oh, what kind of like an impression can you do?" And he says Peyton Manning. And you go, "Huh? Do yeah, it right." And then he does it, and you say, "I didn't know I needed that." Really tickles you. It's amazing. It's fucking fantastic. <laughs> So, let's move on now to 2 Hocus, 2 Pocus, which is on Disney+. Plus. Have you seen this one yet? Goo, I'm well-established not a Hocus Pocus
1: guy. Don't like the first movie. Would never watch this movie. Not I don't like the first years.
0: movie either, but let me tell you this. This movie is perfectly cromulent. <laughs>
1: I got a, uh, a text message from a friend of the program, Brian Daly, and he said... And he's a big Hocus Pocus guy, mind you. He's a huge he Hocus said, Pocus guy. He said... Hocus Pocus 2 fucking
0: stinks. Perfectly chronicles. It's a movie. It is a sequel that comes out 30 years after the original. This is exactly what anybody needed from it. It does no more, no oh. less. Also, flowers. Take the flowers. Tony Hale. You are amazing. What character does he play? He plays the mayor. And anytime that he is on the screen, you say... I'm watching this guy.
1: Yeah, Tony Hale is just inherently funny. yeah Um, how did SJP look? Did she look Not good. good?
0: No, no, okay. Matt.
1: Well, that's like the only redeeming quality, the first one for me. That's always like, is Sarah Jessica Parker hot? You say no, but she was in Hocus Pocus.
0: Either way, there was a bunch of mischief. Two girls went to a Salem tree is place. There we go. Yeah, there's spells. They have the book.
1: Go watch Halloween Town. The whole series is better.
0: Not to spoil anything, but the girls end up also being magic. (laughs) So you got that. They just
1: are magic.
0: Well, the main girl is, but, you know, you're only as strong as your coven, and luckily she has two friends. Is the cat back? Mm, So there is a black cat, and there's always a question of, is that the cat? Mm. Which is then kind of answered in the post credit scenes. Look, we're going to get three (laughs) Kaspookas very soon, so don't worry about that.
1: 3 kiss is what I edited it to.
0: I'm going 3 kiss <laughs> Um,
1: How often did they show the house that everyone takes a picture in front of? I don't know. Better question, because I know your sister probably 100% is a hocus-pocus person, so I'm not even asked that. I don't think is she your is. Wife, is your wife a hocus-pocus person?
0: I don't think my wife's ever seen it. Once That's again, she didn't to come to the country until the year of 1999 or 2000, so anything prior that. to that. Yep. Especially something that's like, like people around Massachusetts are super hocus pocus people.
1: Oh, which makes me hate it even more. It's the worst. And that's what I'm talking about with people taking pictures in front of the house. That fucking house stinks. This movie stinks. This franchise stinks. Sarah Jessica Parker stinks.
0: Also, movies need to stop hiring Sam Richardson as like the straight man. Let him get weird. Yeah, for sure. I will say though, to Jimmy, she does make me laugh.
1: I'll give one point to Hocus Pocus.
0: I have it perfectly cromulent right there at 25. It's fine. Nothing crazy. What would you give the first one so that people can have a scale?
1: I would give the first one like 26.
0: Yeah, right around there.
1: So that you're saying this is about... They're the, the exact
0: same movies.
1: Okay, but that's not a good thing for a 30-year-old sequel, right?
0: No, but you can tell that Bette Midler is having fun.
1: She's just happy to be there. She's
0: happy to be there. I can tell you that much. When? Why was Bette Midler ever a thing, Goo? I don't know, but she's really old, too, and she looks pretty good still.
1: The Yabos looked all right?
0: I think so. It's One of the Sanderson sisters, right?
1: That's sort of their whole thing is the, the buttoned-up Yabos, right? Yeah.
0: So, either way, yeah, nah, it's whatever. If you didn't plan on seeing it, don't see it. No,
1: I'm not going to.
0: Yeah, all right. Okay, Daddy, the final one up here <laughs> is... Also on Netflix, and this is the Monsters, which is a reboot of the Monsters TV series. When they move from Transylvania to an American suburb, this is directed by Rob Zombie, written by Rob Zombie, and characters by Norm Liebman. This stars Sherry Moon Zombie as Lily. That's Rob Zombie's wife. Jeff Daniels Phillips as Herman, and Daniel Roebuck as the Count. And Mac, credit to me, I tried.
1: (laughs) How long is this fucking thing?
0: It's too fucking long.
1: I thought it was going to be a series when the trailer came out.
0: I thought it was going to be like a twisted, like R-rated take on it. It's rated PG. It's like B-movie level, isn't it? It is. So they threw out the black and white. So the studio apparently told him no black and white. So he went ultra color instead, which... Yeah, that's an idea. <laughs> and it's very slapstick. It's like, wow, yeah. this is great. It's very slapstick-y. um It's very, you know, 1960s sitcom esque But so I do like the original Munster series. But because of Fred Gwynn, no relation to Tony, and Al Lewis, no relation to any, I don't know, Darren Lewis. Jerry. Jerry, fine. In that show, they have great chemistry and they bounce off each other amazingly. They're very, very likable. I've not seen one second of the monster The two actors one. that are portraying them here, no chemistry. And the guy playing Herman, holy shit, he is jerk-ass Homer times 10.
1: So this is something that should have came out when they did the Brady Bunch movie 20 years ago, 20, 30 years ago. Oh, they had one there's out back no, then. I think it was no Munster Christmas
0: this. that came out.
1: It's no audience for this at all,
0: none. I will say this credit to uh, Robuck, who played Grandpa, or he's the he's only the Count in this. He's not a Grandpa yet. He's not Grandpa Munster yet. Eddie's not born yet. Uh he's having fun. Credit to him.
1: Ah <laughs> uh, man, I'll tell you, Netflix hire me as your no guy. This would have got shot down instantly.
0: I believe that. This might have been one of those things where Universal, I think Universal did this, I might be wrong, I don't know Don't fucking quote me on this Uh, Don't quote me on this THR But I think it was one of those situations where they were about to lose the characters like licensing wise, and oh, they were like please Christ. make something
1: I hate that That's so, like No one was chomping at the bit to make a Munsters thing You don't make it just to retain the rights That's how you end up with Fant4stick <laughs>
0: You're done, you're done. let's get into Max Max act can be anything and by the way that was my hint of the worst movie of the year guys don't see the monsters <laughs> don't worse do than it.
1: blonde is saying a lot
0: yeah worse easily worse oh yeah. my God oh, holy God I'm a,
1: so but you had several worse than blonde I
0: think right I have three worse than blonde
1: I just have the bubble worse than blonde.
0: Let's but see. also, Deep Water might be as bad. Deep Water is but better.
1: Deep Water is concise. It's better.
0: There are some twists and turns, specifically in the final act of Deep Water, that makes me say, go on. <laughs> I'm not saying
1: Deep Water is good. Deep Water is definitively better. So that's a good point. If you saw Deep Water and thought it was bad, do not watch Blonde.
0: All right, Daddy. Now it's time for that part of the podcast. Max, Mutant Minute.
1: So, a little peek behind the curtain here. Uh, the Mutant Minute is there for alliteration. I couldn't find a mutant random generator, so I have a hero random generator. So, last week... I was like, someone did point non- out that the first yeah, Mutant Minute, not tweet. a mutant. Not a mutant, and which is really funny. The random generator this week, Goo. War Machine! <laughs> <Not> War Machine, <laughs> also mutant. not a mutant. No powers. Goo, a little, little fun fact. Some fun facts about War Machine. I, I really scratch for these fun facts about War Machine. Did you know Anthony Mackie auditioned for the role? Obviously didn't get it, uh, became Falcon. Terrence Howard, the original actor, this is more of an opinion, but a true one, way cooler,
0: Absolutely. way cooler.
1: Uh, in the comics, Goo, War Machine was introduced originally as Tony Stark's mechanic during the Vietnam War and was kind of just an ancillary background character. Didn't have any major stories until they updated him later on. And the recent comics, Rhodey actually is a clone of himself after being horribly injured in a terrorist attack, after which Tony saves him with Stark Tech and he becomes a cyborg. And then his conscience becomes transferred from the cyborg to the clone self. So that's that's your uh, Mutant Minute with War Machine.
0: That would have been more interesting in Civil War as opposed to what they did.
1: Anything really.
0: All right, so that'll do it for the Mutant Minute. Now up is the Mammal Minutes. <laughs> Goo, this week, your mammal, your mammal of the week and your
1: mammal minute. The ring tailed lemur. Ring tailed lemurs, Zaboomafoo, if you don't know what I'm talking about.
0: Zaboomafoo, Zaboomafoo, Zaboomafoo.
1: No, that's that's <laughs> the, the theme, Zoom song, theme right? song. You're singing the Zoom theme song. What was song the
0: Zaboomafoo theme song? <laughs> <I can't. laughs>
1: Goo, ring tailed lemurs, their tails are actually longer than their bodies.
0: I can relate.
1: And if you remember, King Julian from Madagascar, also a ring tailed lemur. And that's because these are only found on Madagascar and predominantly live in the rainforest there. A group of ring tailed lemurs, you asked? A troop. They're called a troop.
0: That was a hell of a minute. Mac, now to keep up with you and your minutes, I have created my own minute. It is the macaroni minute. (laughs) When the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie, that's more I, too, went into a pasta generator, and I said, give me what, whatever you got here. And they said, farfalle. The farfalle is a type of pasta noodle commonly known as the bowtie pasta or butterfly pasta.
1: Farfalle, great for pasta salad.
0: Say, I know it as the pasta that's really tough to pick up with my fork.
1: <laughs> it is. <laughs>
0: it is derived from the Italian word farfalle, which means butterflies.
1: Farfalline.
0: A larger variation of farfalle is farfalline, and the miniature is known as farfallini. Farfalini date back to the 16th century in Lombardi and Emilia Romagna regions of northern italy
1: what kind of sick fuck made a rectangular piece of pasta and then just pinched it i'll like, tell you right Pofale.
0: now these might be my least favorite pastas
1: really i hate them oh no dynamite and a pasta salad Goof. i dynamite. can't
0: pick them up with my fork
1: dynamite and a pasta salad use a spoon
0: you're gonna eat pasta with a spoon pasta salad yeah that's insane
1: Put Everyone, tweet at, at us right now.
0: How do you eat your pasta salad, spoon or fork?
1: By the way, don't be eating that mayonnaise bullshit salad dressing pasta salad.
0: It depends. If I'm having no, a noodle depend. based, I nope. will eat that.
1: Salad dressing, feta cheese, put whatever else you want in there. I'll eat both. Nom, 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 no, nom. get the mayonnaise one out of my fucking face.
0: I fucking love
1: pasta salad. Yes, the dressing
0: version, correct. No, I love both. I love all pasta salads. I will eat. If you make a pasta salad that... Are you a
1: potato salad guy
0: then, No. Very specific to pasta salad. If you mix the pasta with anything and it's cold, I'm going to eat it.
1: I'm telling you. Pasta salad, big fucking two-quart Ziploc bag, salad dressing, olives, fucking peppers, feta cheese. I'm going to have a
0: fucking hefty bag. You put the pasta (laughs) in there. Put a whole thing of fucking Ken's in there. It's delicious. You know what's good in pasta salad? Artichoke hearts. I'm not sure I've had a pasta salad with artichoke hearts. Also, I'm sure I would like I'd prefer tortellini as opposed to pasta. but that's Tortellini, great too. Yep. Yeah. And that was the Macaroni Minute. When the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie, that's more more. I like that we went long to put these minutes in. That's the best part of the episode. I think moving forward it is.
1: We'll just do 60 minutes of one minute each of things.
0: Guys, send us more minutes that you want us to do. It's got to be alliteration, though. It needs to be alliteration. So M's, only M's. <laughs>
1: Mostly M's. I don't know how else we could do it otherwise. M's.
0: <laughs> Not to peek too far behind the curtain, but I had to type into Google M words. words.
1: I knew there was, when I first opened this document, there was nothing but the macaroni minute.
0: Yep. You planned the whole episode around the macaroni. I planned day. the whole episode around it. That's my I guess we could do
1: S's with seconds as well, whatever 60 okay. seconds. Okay. Yeah.
0: Okay. Whatever you got, it just yep. needs to be alliteration M or S's. All right, Daddy, where can you find us?
1: You can find us on Twitter and on Instagram at Mac and Goo Podcast. I'll never have the platform where Mac Ampersand Goo. That's Mac Shift Seven Goo. It includes Facebook, Stitcher, TuneIn, CastBox, Spreaker, Google Play, Hi uh-huh. Heart Radio. Radio. We're on Apple or we're on Spotify. More importantly, we're on Apple Podcasts. Get on there, rate, review, subscribe. Five stars. If you do that, we'll get you a free t-shirt from the folks over at Watertown Sportswear. It's Watertown Sportswear, 35 Mud Auburn Street in Watertown. Watertownsportsword.com, expert screen printing and embroidery.
0: Ooh, daddy. Ooh, daddy. I could not stand that anymore. I Daddy hated it.
1: doesn't care.
0: Well, that's to a take good song. To the fair. That's a good song.
1: It seems he doesn't care. That's the 16th Austin Powers reference this episode.
0: TBblic.com merch.
1: Daddy does.
0: I don't know what we're doing next week but we'll figure something out. Oh, ah uh, we have. Papa don't preach. So Papa. I think Let's we just actually Daddy songs. Okay, we can do Daddy song soon but um at the end of this week or next week we have She-Hulk. Maybe we'll just hold it off until next Tuesday.
1: No, I think people are watching She-Hulk. It seems like people are watching so She-Hulk.
0: So want to do that on Friday then?
1: I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. hold it off. So I thought you meant, Well like, no, actually weeks.
0: no no cuz She-Hulk's on Thursday. I don't want to rush it.
1: Yeah, all right. So that'll be for next week and then yeah. dump in between. All right,
0: um, okay. And then also, deal. So either at the end of next week or the week after that, we'll do Halloween ends. Oh, when does that come out? That's the whole thing. It comes out like this week. Goo, I'll tell you, you know it's going to be bad. We haven't gotten a screening email. Is that because it's also streaming?
1: Oh, wait, is it really? Yeah. That's how bad it is? Yeah, it's streaming. Still, though. Peacock. In general, if we don't get not nah, a little peek behind the curtain here, if they don't send out the screening invite until the week of the movie's premiere, the movie is really bad.
0: So we've got topics for days.
1: Tuesdays
0: are or days. I abuse kangaroos, and Bye. now it's time for girls jumping on trampolines. Bye. Please flip the cassette over to side B to continue the adventure.